Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong here with the man himself, Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you today? Oh, Jason, I'm doing good. Hope you are. I'm fantastic, Bill. Looking forward to a wonderful show here today. We've got your webinars coming up this Wednesday. We'll talk more about that in a bit, but um, this is always a, a busy week for you with your webinars and you know, for those who are dealing with long-term care issues, it's it's critical for them to get some good advice. No, no question about it. You know, you know, Jason. It, it seems like um, I talk about things that nobody wants to talk about. <laughs> now, people don't mind listening uh, and don't mind thinking of, about certain issues, but. Uh, in terms of uh, actually talking, having a, a serious discussion with your spouse or your children, you know, people just avoid it. Um, and, and I understand that, you know, it, it, people think that um, oftentimes estate planning is all about a will. You know, how, how are we going to leave our property to our children? Uh, or others. But, but the fact is that the best planning, uh, your will is just, okay, um, it's something that you need, but it's really not necessarily the most important thing to think about or do something about. Uh, I talk about how important life planning is uh, and I'm really serious about that because there's some really good ways to do it. Uh, and um, there, you know, the fact is, if you don't do it, you're going to cause problems for your spouse and your children or your family. Um, or it's going to be a whole lot more trouble to take care of issues that might arise. Or, or I should say, probably will arise for most of us and we don't like to think about it because you know we we're young we feel young we know our bodies don't work as well as it used to but you know it's the kind of thing where we don't want to think about the a time in the future where we may not we may just need a whole lot of help and and that's um Really, what I want to talk about today, um, of course, and so in, in essence, uh, I want to talk about certain issues that are related to uh, what we talk about uh, with our webinars. And our, our webinars, particularly the, the, the one in the morning, which is about long-term care, uh, how to uh, to uh, we, we discuss how to achieve eligibility for Medicaid and other programs, but just as importantly as the fact that we can help most families get on Medicaid very quickly, even when they have a bunch of property, that there are many, many programs out there that can help some people but that the majority of us will not ever be eligible for those programs. And that's, that's really, to me, the critical piece in 
in the whole thing. Pe- people think that it's only important about how do how do I get on Medicaid? But the fact is is that Medicaid is a program that is achievable and we help lots of families do it, but it's worst case scenario. It's, um, it, it's when people need to go to a nursing home facility. And I, I know if I ask for hands uh, on who wants to go to a nursing home to live the rest of your life, uh, everybody's gonna raise their hands, right? <laughs> Well, of course not. We that's uh, you know that's a nightmare for us. That we hope and pray that that will never happen to us. And so it's sort of like, okay, uh, how do we achieve being cared for in, in other environments that we would prefer? And that can be an extraordinarily difficult problem to solve. Uh, And so um, that's one of the things that I want to talk about because when problems arise, folks are shocked at how expensive it is to have someone outside the family to help you with activities of daily living. You know, like getting up in the morning, dressing, uh, you know, having food prepared, eating sometimes, or going to the restroom, or taking a shower, or putting your shoes on. Uh, You you know, it's the kind of thing um, where the majority of us at some point in our life will need that kind of assistance. And and we hope we don't need it uh, except temporarily. But the fact is, there are an awful lot of folks that need it on an ongoing basis. And so the question is, who's going to provide it and who's going to pay for it? The great majority of us do not have long-term care insurance. It's really important for folks to know that our health insurance doesn't cover it. Uh, Medicare, and of course, if we're over 65, or soon thereafter for a small percentage of us um, who can delay Medicare. Most of us can't, but the fact is Medicare doesn't pay for it. And so what does that mean? It means that unless there's a a means-tested government program that we can qualify for, it's private pay. And when we find out that it costs anywhere from Thirty-five hundred to twelve thousand dollars a month to be cared for, and, and for some folks, it's even more than that. It just—I'm sort of talking minimum dollars here, not maximum dollars. And so, it depends on the level of care we need, and how much care we need, and where that care is going to be provided. And so, when when folks see that number, and it's like well, I don't have that much income, then the question then becomes is, do you have other resources that you can pull from? And are those resources liquid? In other words, cash that you can pull out of the bank or out of your investment account to pay for the care. And the tragic um, end of the story for a lot of folks is they don't have the money 
And so it's like, okay, what's a family to do? And and that's, you know, in essence, there, there are lots and lots of issues wrapped in to this story. And, and so, uh, and that's really what I wanted to, to get to this, this morning, because these are the critical issues that uh, every family faces. And some of us don't have anyone to rely on. We don't have a spouse. We don't have any children. We don't have a sibling that can help us. We don't have anybody. And and, and so th- those are, are the—can be the worst cases. But at the same time, what about those of us who do have somebody we can call on? You know, you know, a spouse is going to take care of us, or we have a child who is available and willing uh, to help us out. Um, you know, those also have some significant issues that goes along with it. So that's what I want to talk about. Well, we're going to dive head on to that throughout the show because it is a very important topic, and that's why... You have your webinars every month. Bill does these the second Wednesday of every month, and it's happening this coming Wednesday, Wednesday, June 14th. If you want to learn more about long-term care, caregiving, and life planning, this is a really important webinar for you to attend. There's no cost to you. It's free to do so, and you get to learn more from Bill. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to register, free to attend, and you can do it from the comfort of your own home as well. Go to WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill, schedule an appointment to speak with him, or learn more about his webinars happening this coming Wednesday, June 14th. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance that may be available to you, whether it's through Medicaid or VA benefits, or learn more about asset protection and trust planning, this is a wonderful free opportunity for you. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page or call the office, 919-256-7000. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking all about long-term care issues and the value of caregiving. Well, let let me ask you this, uh, Jason. You you have been um, listening to me for many years at this point. Um, So how much do you think it costs per hour to hire somebody, and I'll just remind you, we talked about this last week, or was it two weeks ago, um, uh, but the fact is, how much do you think it costs per hour to have somebody to come in and, and help you with activities of daily living? It's it's a lot. I mean, it, it can range anywhere, I think, from, you know, 30 dollars an hour to way above that right you're you're in there uh, about 25 dollars to 50 dollars depending on 
the credentials of the person doing the care, you know, and what they're doing and, you know, those kinds of things. But that doesn't um, take it all in. Why? Because uh, most, if not all, of the caregivers require more than one hour. You know, they require what? Typically, a minimum of three to four hours. So, in essence, instead of $25 or $50, you're generally talking, what, $75 to $150 every time somebody comes to your home to help you. Now, the, the sad part, and this is one of the things that makes staying at home difficult from a financial perspective, is that... Oftentimes, or, or the majority of folks, don't need three or four hours of care, particularly early on. In essence, they may need 30 minutes. You know, they need help getting up, getting dressed, and getting um, maybe breakfast. Um, and then they need another 30 minutes, maybe an hour, at the end of the day, uh, you know, getting ready for bed, getting a shower, uh, and, um, you know, uh, get, getting in bed, you know, that sort of thing. So the majority of folks can, uh, you know, particularly early on with, with long-term care issues, can do just fine with a little bit of assistance. Uh, and most of the time that what's needed is in the morning and in the evening. You know, sometimes it's a matter of taking medication and making sure that they, you get what you're supposed to, th- those kinds of things. But the fact is, is it costs a heck of a lot more because of the fact that people who do caregiving uh, don't want uh, uh, and can't afford just to come see you for 30 minutes to an hour and get paid for that and then go to the next person to do the same thing for. Now, actually, and I've talked about this from time to time, that's one of the advantages from a financial perspective of living in an independent living community where there are several hundred other seniors who are in the same boat. They can pretty much do for themselves, but they need a little bit of help here or a little bit of help there. And uh, when uh, you're in a community like that, Somebody can come by your apartment and take care of you for 30 minutes and then move on to the next person, and and they have a full day of work, and you get the care you need. So, But, you know, that's not the same as staying in your home. So, obviously, to stay in your home takes money. And, of course, independent living takes money, too, because it costs, on a monthly basis, more uh, and a lot of folks don't realize that, particularly in this area, in, in the Raleigh-Durham Research Triangle area, we have lots of options when it comes to independent living. And a lot of folks don't realize that most of the independent living communities do offer independent living with care, where you can contract for people to come by your apartment and help you a little bit uh, when you need assistance. So. Uh, but the you know there are a lot of folks who thinks all all of them are horribly expensive, uh, or that you think that all of them require an upfront um, big uh, payment you know of a couple hundred thousand dollars, 
And the fact is, some of them do, and some of them are horribly expensive, but there are others that don't require an upfront uh, cash load of money. Uh, basically, it's just a month-to-month payment, and it's modestly priced on a month-to-month basis based upon the square footage of your apartment. So obviously, a small apartment or a studio is less expensive than a larger one-bedroom or two-bedroom. So it just, uh, you know, it just depends. But obviously, to do it, you got to have the money to pay for it. And that brings me to another uh, frustrating situation, and and that's this. There are lots and lots of folks who um, have a modest nest egg. Let's say they have two or three hundred thousand dollars backing up modest income. Well, here's here's the warning that I would give. And and this is because I deal so much with long-term care issues that uh, and I, this is something that's very frustrating. The, these are the very families that financial advisors, in my mind, take advantage of because the, there are very few financial advisors who understand the long-term care issues involved. And uh, they are taught that the remedy for long-term care issues is long-term care insurance, and they ignore the fact that nobody has it. (laughs) And so they want to sell you what? Annuities. Okay, the problem with annuities is you give a bunch of money to an annuity company with, with a complicated contract, and to get your money back if you need it because you have a long-term care crisis, um, it's penalized in a significant way. So you end up losing money where you thought the investment was absolutely safe and the main reason that you bought it was because you wanted something that was safe. Well, they don't tell you about the risk involved if you need long-term care. So let's say that your income is $1,500 a month and you have a $300,000 nest egg and um, you're convinced to take $250,000 and buy an annuity and you get an income stream of another $1,300 a month if you annuitize um, the annuity so to get monthly income. Well, okay, so now you've got $2,800 a month and $50,000 in the bank, right? Is that a good thing? No, because if you have a long-term care crisis and... Um, you're you're not going to find assisted living for twenty eight hundred dollars a month anywhere around here. It doesn't exist. So where are you going to get the money from? So in essence, what I'm getting at is the little bit of money you have left will be gone in a couple years without question, uh, just depending on how expensive your assisted living is, because. About the least expensive assisted living is going to be something in the neighborhood of $3,500 a month. Maybe a little bit less but with a few places, but most of the places start at 4000 and go up from there. So I'm trying to be real conservative here. But you see where I'm coming from 
is the fact, and there's always more costs than just to pay the facility in terms of taking care of all the different things that have to be paid for. So guess what? You need your money back out of the annuity, and if you do it, I just I just had a client with a with a case just like this. So the, fortunately, they can liquidate their annuity, but they have to take a fifteen thousand dollar penalty. So they're getting back less money than what they actually put into the annuity two years ago because there's a substantial penalty when they when they draw it out. See, that's the the discussion that you never hear uh, before you purchase an annuity. Now, for some folks who have plenty of liquidity and plenty of resources, uh, you know, outside of any annuity that they might buy, great. I don't have a problem with that. But the fact is, is the folks with more money generally don't buy the annuities. It's the ones who have modest nest eggs that uh, are more concerned with the, quote, safety but they only get half the story. So I'm here as Paul Harvey telling you the rest of the story. That's why it's so important for us to find out more information and learn what we don't know because you don't want to be surprised by this information. It's so important, as you said earlier, Bill, that we take a moment to do some life planning. It's not all just about having a will and what happens afterwards. It's about what happens throughout the whole journey and having that information and knowing what to expect if indeed you do encounter needing long-term care or having a long-term care crisis. If you want to learn more from Bill and attend one of his free webinars, go to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page. You can also find information there about scheduling an appointment to speak with Bill if you would like to have some documents drawn up or have your documents reviewed. But this coming Wednesday, June 14th, is Bill's set of webinars for the month. If you would like to attend, go to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to register, free to attend, and it's all happening this Wednesday, June 14th. WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill, to find out more about his webinars as well. You can click on the Seminars button at the top of the page, WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, you do have your webinars coming up this Wednesday, June 14th. A wonderful opportunity. We've been talking throughout the program about long-term care and caregiving, but um, I do want to take a minute here just to talk about your webinars and just the, the value that they provide because it is a resource for those that really just doesn't exist. I, I mean, I've never heard of anything like these that is, is this helpful. Well, I appreciate uh, that, Jason, and, and it is. I enjoy doing it, and, of course, we do it every second Wednesday of each month, and uh, it makes a difference for a lot of families to learn how 
eligibility works for the different uh, long-term care programs that are out there. Um, and that, you know, that um, includes everything from Medicaid to special assistance to veterans benefits to how Medicare works uh, and the like. So there's, there's a, a ton of information uh, that we try to educate folks on every month. And I, and I have to tell you, it's, it's heartwarming because there are a lot of folks who attend more than once. You know, it's like they can't grasp it all in one sitting, and they're willing to sit there two or three times uh, over the a course of a few months to try to learn as much as they can, and that always makes me feel pretty good. Um, all right, so we want to stay at home. But the fact is, is that most of us don't have enough income and we are going to run out of our nest egg, our resources, fairly quickly. And then there are others who their net worth is pretty high, but their money's tied up in land or it's tied up in a business or the like. So we have limited liquidity. And of course, the fact is, when you have a long-term care issue, it takes cash to pay people to help. So uh, when you don't have enough money and you don't have enough resources, what do you do? You depend on your family, right? So in essence, we have family caregivers. And there are lots of issues that go along with it. Now, uh, typically, the first caregiver uh, for most of us would be our spouse, okay? And of course, um, spouses take care of each other as they grow older as seniors because all of us have little issues that we hope don't become big issues. But uh, to the degree we need a little help here and a little help there, uh, typically our spouse is more than happy to step in uh, and, and help, and we help each other. Uh, that way. And that's uh, uh, because we love each other, but it's also because we can't afford to pay somebody else to do it. And part of the, the solution is to preserve as much money as we can so that we don't spend all the money taking care of one spouse so that when that spouse dies, the other spouse has no resources at all to depend on. Because the fact is, it's more difficult for one person alone than it is with two people who can at least to some degree, um, at least for a time, help each other. So, you know, that, uh, and, and folks don't realize uh, until you're in, in there yourself how stressful it is to be a caregiver. Yeah, it's stressful to be the patient, but it's also it's just as stressful for the caregiver, both physically and uh, emotionally and financially. Um, you know, because there's a lot of money going out the door uh, for one thing or another when you have one or two folks who are dealing with long-term care issues. And so it, it does become frightening uh, for folks to think about the uncertain future uh, when, it, when it comes to these kinds of things. And, and then, um, uh, you know, what did we say? What's, what's the value of caregiving? 
25 to $50 an hour, depending on the level of care. And when we're a spouse or a child caregiver, you're, you're generally uh, doing more than the minimum. You know, you're doing all the other stuff as well in terms of, of making sure that the house is clean and the clothes are uh, cleaned and, and the food is prepared and, and um, you know, all of the other things that going into taking care of a home and taking care of, of people. And, and so uh, one of the sad things that I see frequently, uh, and it, it uh, upsets me, it is the fact that oftentimes when we have a, a daughter or a son, a child, caregiver, um, and particularly when there are siblings involved, Typically, uh, the siblings are more than happy for one of the, uh, the brothers or sisters to step forward and to take care of mom or dad. Uh, and they're just as happy as they can be that you've uh, uh, volunteered for that service. But the fact, and, and the good news is, is that in most families, there is understanding and appreciation but in other families, uh, and this is where I get upset, is the siblings just, it's sort of like, well, we're so glad that, that you're available to take care of mom. Uh, and, um, you know, we're glad you're doing it for love and affection. And, of course, when mom dies, we expect our equal share of the estate. Uh, and that's the part that really gets away with me. And so to, to me, it's important because oftentimes a child caregiver gives up everything. They end up having to give up their job. Uh, sometimes they move, move in with mom. Oftentimes they do. Uh, and it's a, it's a full time. Now, yes, there is love and affection. That's why they're there. But the fact is, should they not be compensated in one way or another for the value of their time? Yes, mom can't afford to pay. We got that, all right? So, But more often than not, what, what are they? They are living in a home that mom owns. There may not be the cash to pay a caregiver, but mom wants to stay at home. You want to keep her there. And you're able to do that. Uh, now, there are some folks that, in my mind, mistakenly say, okay, sis, you, you, you come in and I will give you the home for taking care of me. Um, now, in some ways that's fair, but it can be unfair as well because the, the question is, how long is that relationship going to last? It might only be a month or two. Or it could be 10 or 15 years. Now, what I recommend in a situation like that is to do what's called a revolving promissory note with a secured deed of trust so that to the degree that the child uh, can be paid a little bit, but there's always a bunch of money that can't be paid because of the value of the service, um, then each month there is more debt that's secured by the house. So if it's a short-term deal, mom dies six months later, you know, maybe there's $50,000 uh, 
owed or 30000 or forty or whatever it is based upon the circumstances. And that money is paid when the house is sold uh, as a debt of the estate rather than as a division of the estate. Um, but on the other hand, if sis is there for 15 years, then more than likely the debt is going to be greater than the entire value of the house. So at least the caregiver gets the home um, uh, under those circumstances. But to me, it's important to find a thoughtful, legal way for someone who is devoting their life to taking care of you, either short-term or long-term, to where there's a compensation that's reasonable under the circumstances. And, and the, the, the thing that I see more often than not is the fact that one child does all this and uh, there is nothing done legally, uh, and then the siblings don't give a flip uh, when it comes to dividing up the estate. It's like, well, thanks, sis. We appreciate what you've done, but uh, we're entitled to our equal share. Now, you know, obviously, there are lots of families that um, are just as good as gold. Those issues don't exist. Uh, but on the other hand, I, I see this bad side uh, when it comes to caregiving as well. That's why it's so important for us to make sure that we're doing our role when it comes to planning and getting ahead of this and making sure that there are no surprises and that you, you are taking into account how you want things to end and how you would like things to be divided as well. That gets into planning and making sure that you're ahead of the game, having these discussions thoroughly beforehand and making sure that everyone's on the same page. If you want to schedule some time to speak with Bill, you can go to WGALaw.com. From there, you can also find information about Bill's free webinars. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, or about asset protection and trust planning, Bill's got a next uh, his set of free webinars that are happening this Wednesday, June 14th. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button at the top of the page, or call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill. Also to register for his free webinars happening this Wednesday, June 14th. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button if you would like to learn more about long-term care assistance, financial assistance that may be available for you if you're dealing with a long-term care crisis. This deals with Medicaid, VA benefits, and Bill also has an afternoon webinar coming up this Wednesday on asset protection and trust planning. These are free to attend. There's no cost to register. Just go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking about all things that have to deal with long-term care. And wrapped into that is a discussion on caregiving and 
you've really given us some food for thought so far today. Well, that's the whole point of this, isn't it? Uh, okay, what's the next uh, deal? All right, what about mom or dad moving in with you, moving into your home? Um, well, uh, first of all, I would suggest you better check with your spouse. <laughs> Uh, and this is assuming that there's plenty of room uh, and, and the like, um, and, uh, and things uh, would work out. Uh, is that a good idea? Uh, and I would say maybe, not necessarily. It's an alternative. It's not the one solution. Uh, and there are a lot of reasons for that. I mean, first of all, having your uh, parent move in uh, with you uh, does create dynamics in, in your home that are not necessarily positive. Uh, it may obviously uh, significantly impact your marriage. It may and it impacts what you can do when uh, and limits um, your flexibility in terms of planning to do whatever you like to do. So uh, obviously that's a, a discussion that needs to take place as opposed to, oh, I would just assume that, that this is going to be fine, no problem. But there's also a problem on the other end that oftentimes folks don't consider, and that's is, well, of course mom would want to move in with us. Well, let me give you another story. You know, here, I feel like Paul Harvey today. Uh, so here we go. Uh, it, this is my own family. My dad died, and my mother, of course, where'd she want to stay? At home. Uh, and, and initially, she was perfectly fine staying at home. Uh, she was lonely, and she, you know, she had help and that sort of thing, but she did fine. My niece moved in with her for a couple years, but then my niece uh, got married and moved out. Uh, so at that point, it was like, uh, well, mom might not be safe living by herself anymore. So it was like, hey, mom, uh, you, you want to move to Raleigh with me? And, it, uh, you know, there was dead silence on the other end, and it was like, hmm. Well, the bottom line is it, it was heck no. Uh but the, the good, and I understand that now, I, I learned an awful lot from my mother when it came to long-term care issues. And the first one is, is it always a good idea for them? Now, you have to understand, my mother lived in Kannapolis, all right? That's down near Charlotte. And, of course, uh, we live in Raleigh, you know, which is about two hours and 15 minutes away. But the, the fact is this. You know, at home in Kannapolis, my mother uh, was was well known, very active in the community, had lots of friends in the community and in, in the church. Um, you know, people visited her. Uh, in in essence, um, she was her own person there. Uh, and had she moved to Raleigh at that time, she would have given all that up because guess what? In Raleigh, nobody knew who she was. Uh, nobody knew anything about her in Raleigh except for who? Me. <laughs> 
So uh, the, the bottom line is, had she moved to Raleigh, and this is part of the dynamics in your home, her life would have what? Centered around us, not her friends. Well, guess what? Most people like their life centered around their friends and acquaintances in their community. Uh, now, the one exception to that rule would be if the grandchildren are still living with you. Uh, you know, there are lots of grandmamas that love to be close to their grandchildren. It's not about you. It's about the grandchildren. Uh, but, but the point is, is, is that uh, my mother did find an independent living community fairly close to Kannapolis where she could continue to go to uh, our church in Kannapolis and take her friends and go to places that she was accustomed to going to, even though she did need a little bit of help. And the independent living community gave her a safe environment, uh, and she loved it. She told me time and time again, Bill, I wish I'd done this five years ago, because she did wait until she was in her early 80s before she actually moved to an independent living community. So um, obviously it was... um, it extended the quality of her life in a, a way that would never have happened in Raleigh, North Carolina. So that, to me, was a huge, uh, huge blessing uh, for her. Now, there was a time when um, she uh, needed, unfortunately, nursing care because she got to be pretty bad. And at that point, she said, Bill, Bring me to Raleigh so I'm close to you guys. And and I understood that and appreciated it, and that's what we did. And that was, you know, that was a different time in her life, um, but we were there for her. And and so, uh, but, but the good news for us was that she could afford the care um, from day one, which is not the case. So I'll tell you a, a, a situation that I'm very much aware of, friends, um, and there is a, um, a brother, and he, the brother and the brother's wife are both in assisted living, a modestly priced assisted living community, and they're both doing fairly well. Neither one of them, they both need assisted living, and they're together, they're happy, life is good. Uh, they don't need nursing care, neither one of them. And like I said, they're doing fairly well, and they actually have pretty good life expectancy for both of them. Well, here's the problem. The cost of care for them, very modest, $6,400. Their income, $2,800. It's all private pay. Uh, you know, the, the husband's not entitled to help. The wife could get help, but they'd have to separate to get help, and they want to stay together where they're happy and life is good. But they're out of money, and so what are they going to do? Well, the bottom line is they have a daughter, but the daughter's worn out and, and has already contributed as much as she can. The brother is now in a place where he needs to help, but they both need help. It's a horrible situation that so many families fall into. That's why I am so, you know, family caregiving, family issues, 
this is where it gets really difficult. We got to have these conversations and understand what the potential impact of long-term care can be. Attend one of Bill's free webinars. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page to learn more. A quick break and back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be back after this. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Don't forget, Bill's webinars are this Wednesday, June 14th. We spent a lot of time talking about long-term care issues. Of course, you can learn more on this coming Wednesday, June 14th. And don't forget, Bill also has an afternoon webinar dedicated to asset protection and trust planning. Both are free to attend. Go to Law. Dot com. Click on the seminars button to learn more or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. That will do it for us today. We hope to see you at the webinars on Wednesday. You've been listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.